Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And folks, we are broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank in beautiful Alpharetta. And if you are looking for a better banking experience for you, your business, if you've had that big bank KO, that big bank knockout, you know what I mean. <laughs> if, you, if you're with one of the big mega banks, if you'd like a bank that's big enough to handle all your needs, but small enough to do it in a personal way, I encourage you to check out Renaissance Bank. I know from my own experience that they've got a great way of dealing with their customers but they're big enough to handle pretty much any need you can throw at them. So um, go to renaissancebank.com and find their local office near you and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Dr. Samantha Shams. And Dr. Shams is a medical oncologist with the Piedmont Cancer Institute. Dr. Shams, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today. Hey, it's great to have you on. Let's uh, give everyone an introduction to the Piedmont Cancer Institute. Well, we are a hematology and medical oncology group. We are a private practice that services Atlanta. We have five different offices in the um, north and south sides throughout Atlanta, um, and we see patients with all hematologic and medical oncology needs, both benign and malignant conditions. We participate in clinical trials and uh, standard of care therapy options for patients. We love servicing Atlanta. Terrific. Let's give everyone a little background on you. Uh, what, what drew you into medicine and specifically oncology? Well, um, I'm from Atlanta, so I have just been delighted and love to be back here practicing in Atlanta. I grew up with a mother who was a, a talented and gifted teacher. She was always doing the uh, best science fair projects and helping my sister and I do all of those things and, and throughout school. So I think I was always drawn to the sciences and that really just continued throughout school and college. And I always knew I wanted to be a doctor. My sister is also a physician. She's mm -hmm. an allergist. And I um, worked with, a, with an oncologist in New York City when I was in college. And I just, I loved him. I really loved him. And he, he's still practicing. He just had this amazing bedside manner and he was so smart. And really just charismatic. And I wanted to be just like him. And I continued and um, just always thought about him and how smart he was and um, and how, how interesting the field of oncology is. It's always changing and mm -hmm. the research and the therapies and, and how fast-paced it is. And I um, knew that's what I wanted to be involved in, all the things that we can do for patients, drugs and therapies and research. And, um, I always try to like other fields and nothing ever sticked. So I just stuck with it and it turned out really well. I love it. What, what is involved for 
I, I want to get right straight to being a, a woman that's in a field that where women are underrepresented. I mean, what's it like to be in that situation and what, what, how did, what did you encounter along the way in that journey? You know, I think that there are so many more women these days going into the field of medicine. I think that, uh, you know, women account for more and more fields um, in really throughout a lot of medicine and the medical fields. I think in oncology, women are definitely still underrepresented, um, but it is getting better in in many aspects. Um, you know, going throughout training, I think each aspect in in medicine, you go through medical school, there were definitely a lot of the class was females, but then as you go through in internal medicine, there was a lot of women, but then, you know, you go through, you go through fellowship and it became a little bit less and less. Um, and it was a little bit hard sometimes to find some role models, I would Mm -hmm. say. Um, but I think in every place and every step along the way, you always just, I think you always just find some people that you look up to and you Mm want to, kind of model yourself after. And I think that that was very helpful for me. Um, I think that also there were a lot of men and, you know, male role models that were cognizant of that, that were very helpful um, also. And uh, sounds like you had one of those. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us had them too. Mm -hmm. You know, there was, you know, another one of my mentors in, um, residency, he was also a very important mentor for me. Um, and you know, he helped me a lot, you know, with the research that I was doing at that time. And, um, you know, just in all those kinds of ways with fellowship applications and all of those things. And I think you just find your people. And I think really for any field, that's very, very important. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to ask, uh, one more question, at least for now, about you, and then we'll get more into to, uh, Piedmont Cancer Institute specifically, but you're on the board of the Georgia Society of Clinical Oncology. What does that mean for women in oncology? So, yes, I was very delighted to be selected to be on the board this year. I mm. was nominated by another colleague of mine um, who's an oncologist in town, Dr. French, and he um, I've known him for a little while through another colleague, and um, that is, I think, a huge position, and um, there's a lot of, uh, we call that GASCO, Georgia Georgia ASCO, because the American Society of Clinical Oncology is our large um, network. And so it's our Georgia, our Georgia chapter. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really big position. Um, There's a number of other women on the board, which is fabulous. And uh, we, uh, we definitely have like a little crew, I I would say. Um, And I think it's, I think it's great. You know, I think that there's uh, there was another another woman that was uh, selected to be on the board who I had been communicating with throughout about other patients, and I knew her through another friend. And it was nice to kind of be able to now be on this board with her and mm-hmm. use her ideas to try and help patients throughout the really the state because she's really in a different city. Um, and I think it's a great thing for women, but also for 
our state and for the community. Um, I never really thought I would have an opportunity like this. And I think it's really great to be able to use um, the ideas that we have to help patients throughout our state. Yeah, that sounds terrific. What What's the function of this board? Is this a state board? Um, tell people a little bit more about GASCO. So it is our um, state chapter okay. for the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Right. And uh, just like the boards of other uh, organizations, we try to help plan or um, activities. Um, we have our chat, our board meeting coming up on the 26th and the 27th. We also have a um, meeting that's highlighting the, all of the uh, highlights that were presented at the national conference earlier this past June, gotcha. um, which will be very important for a lot of other oncologists who will be attending. Mm-hmm. So we do so many different things for patients, um, all kinds of things from getting clinical trials across the state um, to getting funding um, for patients with uh, that don't have funding, mm-hmm. just all kinds of activities. Yeah. I mean, this, um, collaboration is really important for patients. I mean, they don't see all this necessarily, but it's really important for patients. I think it's, it is very important for patients. It's also important for the oncologists around, Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, we often have patients, especially for, you know, that have, there are clinical trials all around our state. And sometimes we don't offer the same clinical trials at our institution that other patients have, you know, have opportunity to have access to at other places. And that's important for us to know. So it's a really important, a really important network to have. Mm. Um, And so it's, it's great. It's really, really important. Um, We, the seats are really two year positions. um, And we also interact on a um, level with the uh, government as well. So there's just a whole lot of policy that goes on. um, And it's just, it's a great way to get to know other people as well. Yeah. Dr. Samantha Shams is with us, folks. And she. Please call me Samantha. Oh, Please okay. call me Samantha. Well, thank you. I will do that. Um, uh, Samantha Shams is with us. Samantha Shams, MD, is with us. She is with the Piedmont Cancer Institute. So, Samantha, let's talk, get in more uh, discussion here about the Piedmont Cancer Institute. Um, we need to clear up your relationship with Piedmont Hospital because I know. Some, Folks are out there thinking, ah, oh, Piedmont Hospital, not necessarily really the case. Yeah. So, um, you know, just like every, just like there's a lot of peach trees all around mm-hmm. Atlanta, mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of similar with Piedmont. Uh, we have an affiliation with Piedmont Hospital, um, but we are our own private entity. We are a private practice. So we own ourselves and, um, we are a private group, mm-hmm. um, which we love. We can, you know, see patients in all five of our offices and we can get patients in very quickly and just kind of have a very, you know, personal touch to getting patients in quickly, getting them their treatments and um, just providing really great care. Yeah. And, and be, I think uh, doctor owned practices are, um, well, let's say the number's declining, right? I mean, because a lot of them are getting, uh, they're selling, they're getting to a point where they want to uh, uh, retire or whatever, and they're selling their practices. And so this is a little unusual these days, isn't it? 
It is very unusual. Mm -hmm. It is very, very unusual. Yeah, I think that the majority of uh, groups uh, in private practices like this is very small. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, pretty much out of all of my contemporaries, I'm probably one of the only ones in a, in a privately owned group like this, but um, I think there are power in numbers and mm -hmm. uh, we love being in our group. All of our, all of my colleagues, um, all of my partners, we are all very, very good friends. Um, we love working together. Um, we have a great, a great um, working relationship and uh, really camaraderie and uh, we all really just kind of pitch in and take excellent care of patients, our staff, um, our nurses, our medical assistants, our, uh, you know, other nurse practitioners. And um, we offer a lot of research opportunities, um, both for um, our staff to get involved in, but of course our patients. And um, we just, it's a, it's a really, really great place. Yeah, well, t talk about what, I mean, it's, there's a whole lot of conversation and press around um, the the pandemic and and in a lot of ways that's accentuated a problem that existed before the pandemic, which is just you know the the, the healthcare system getting stretched and the effect on people. Uh, at and it sounds like you've got a pretty collegial working environment for your team. How do you maintain that? Yeah, I think. Like everything, mm -hmm. I think the pandemic has been problematic for everything. Mm -hmm. um, I think that we've all just really kind of worked together. Um, I think it's really kind of shown that just working together has been very important. Mm -hmm. um, the pandemic, especially for our patient population, the oncologic patients, has been particularly stressful. Our patients are typically a very... Um, you know, a, a population that needs a lot of extra TLC and care and right. they come in with, um, you know, oftentimes a lot of family members and we, and, and we want that, mm -hmm. we want that. And, uh, you know, in a time where a lot of other doctors had, and were able to transition to telehealth and things like that, mm -hmm. most of our patients can't do telehealth because they need infusions and therapies and, and we have to give that to them and we want to, to control their, uh, their cancers. So, um, we've had to maintain all of that and still do all those things. Even in the early stages of the pandemic, when people were not going into work, all our staff members were still there every day, not missing a day of work. And it was stressful, but, um, we did it and everybody came on with a smile and, um, it was actually a really, a really great thing to see, I think. And it, I think it kind of made us stronger, to be honest. Well, and because you're doctor owned, uh, this is, this is a question. It sounds like a statement, but it's a question because you're doctor owned uh, your, your, I guess, economic drivers are a little different, shall we say? Right. So, so you're um, not necessarily on the factory line, you're able to sit and talk with someone that maybe needs a little extra time. Right. And, um, and that's particularly true in oncology because there's always a whole lot of questions from patients, right? Yes. I love that I can, um, make and create my own schedule so mm -hmm. I can, you know, stop the time and come and talk to you in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. And I can, you know, know that if I know I have a patient coming in that I know I need to spend 
45 minutes or an hour with, I can block that time. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because I want to be able to give every patient time that they need for however long that is. I want to be able to come in um, earlier on certain days and see patients earlier if I need to, or stay later and um, have nurses there to be able to stay later. We have an infusion center that um, runs late later hours to be able to accommodate um, patients that need that time, whether mm-hmm. they have work commitments. Um, they all, We also open up earlier than a lot of other places to be able to accommodate those times too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important. That's really, really important. Talk about the, um, I guess, what someone that has been, and I know can, each, each cancers are different. So, but talk about someone, two patients that have been diagnosed with some sort of cancer and what, what, how they should approach that diagnosis and what, what you say to your patients. Well, every cancer is different. Mm-hmm. And I always try to stress to patients that, you know, when they come in to see me, to um, try to remember that every case is different. And uh, so what they've heard about their friends' cancer or their sister's, brother's, mother's cancer, it's all just going to be different Mm. because every cancer is different and every cancer in the way that it interacts in your body and your immune system, it's just going to be different. And I think it's really important to remember that. Um, the therapies that we have now this day and age, they're also so different and they're changing so rapidly. And I think that's another thing that just really drew me to oncology. Um, and I don't think I would have expected when I was a, when I was a sophomore in college wanting to be an oncologist, that it would have been the way it is now. Mm -hmm. The therapies are just dramatically changing. Um, we've got, you know, not only do we have medical oncologists like myself who give therapies, but there's the radiation oncologist and you have the surgical oncologist. But as far as treatments for systemic therapies that we, that I administer, you've got chemo, standard chemotherapy options, then you've got immunotherapy options, and you've also got, you know, targeted therapy options. Nowadays we're offering personalized, you know, therapy options where we're taking patients' tumors and sending them off for specialized um, molecular testing to kind of target their cancers for specific genes and alterations to kind of personalize their cancer treatments. So um, kind of getting to meet with an oncologist, formalizing their treatment plan is really the most important step. And sometimes getting a plan is it can take a little while. And mm-hmm. I think that's the most anxiety provoking time right. is really getting to a plan. Um, and so kind of being patient with that and getting a plan in place is very important, but getting it right from the get go is, is really kind of the most important thing. Yeah. Because to underline what you just said, it, different people respond to different treatments, different therapies. They do. So it's important for you to kind of get a handle on exactly what the best treatment plan or therapy is going to be. And that takes some time. It does. It does. And you, and you want to really try and, and get it right the first time, mm-hmm. you know, because that's really the time where it's critical. And before you make a rash decision, you want to try and, you know, cross everything off the list and dot all your I's and cross all your T's. 
again, all can there's uh, cancers are different. Um, but how should uh, those of us that have uh, family members, friends support those uh, loved ones that have some sort of cancer diagnosis? I think that the most the supportive thing that friends and family members can do is really just being there and being supportive mm-hmm. um, and asking asking the patient or the loved one, you know, what can I do to help? Because I think that we all are trying to act and behave in ways that we would kind of think would be the best thing, but not really knowing that, well, maybe that's not what the other person might want. Um, and so maybe asking like, well, what can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. Um, because what somebody else might want might not be what you might want. And so I think that that would be probably the most helpful thing. Terrific. Dr. Samantha Shams is with us folks. She's a medical oncologist at the Piedmont Cancer Institute. Um, Samantha, I want to talk a little bit about kind of what the future looks like. You, you have, um, outlined how things are changing so rapidly. I mean, where, where is this, um, going in terms of, and how it intersects with aging of the population, the growth of different incidences of cancer. I mean, how, what, what does the future look like for treatments and therapies in oncology? I really think that the sky's the limit. I Mm -hmm. mean, there are so many, therapies and drug options that we have today that really weren't even available months ago, two, three years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, we're starting patients on drugs. Even earlier this week, I was administering, you know, I was recommending a, a drug therapy for a patient that wasn't, um, available to her even just six weeks ago. Oh, wow. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, she, that's moving fast. It is. Yeah. And she's already having a response. Mm. Um, and so these are really, these are really, really groundbreaking things and they're huge. They really, really are. So, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities for new therapies and agents. Um, you know, like I said, there's chemotherapy options, there's targeted therapy options, um, there's immune therapy options, which kind of use your immune system to kill the cancer as opposed to standard chemotherapy, which is more so kind of like a bomb that just will kill good cells and bad cells. Um, and uh, utilizing all of these things too together, um, not at the same time, but at different points in somebody's treatment can also be options. Mm-hmm. And not everybody has these options. Um, it really just depends upon the type of cancer. Sometimes if they have certain, uh, you know, molecular alterations and, um, targets in their tumor that the doctor decides. So all these things are really important and the doctor and the patient make these plans together. And let's circle back around. That's where it's really important to have a great personal relationship with your oncologist. It is. It is. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. And, you know, in Atlanta, we have, um, we have such great oncologic care. We are so Mm -hmm. lucky to have, to have such great, um, cancer centers around. And, Mm -hmm. um, we at Piedmont Cancer Institute love serving the community. So let's talk, uh, as we kind of wind down here, let's talk a little bit about, uh, locations and where, um, uh, because you're, 
not just you don't have just one location, you have several. Yes, we have five offices. We have an office um, in the middle of Atlanta off of Howell Mill, and we just opened a new office in Sandy Springs. Mm. And then we have three other offices in the South Side in Fayetteville, Noonan, and one in Stockbridge. Awesome. So um, you can visit our website at www.piedmontcancerinstitute.com. Terrific. And learn more. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Samantha Shams, folks, with the Piedmont Cancer Institute. Um, Samantha, Dr. Shams, this has been great. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Well, we celebrate you and the great work you and your colleagues are doing. We're delighted to be able to uh, uh, have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick thought for you. you, you. Would you love to plan a team building activity that does not involve the possibility of like broken ankles and mosquito bites. That's the kind of team building activity I would go for. And I've got an idea on where you can find that it's at ANS culinary concepts. Yes. Now I realize they do corporate catering and they've got a, an award-winning culinary studio, but executive chef Andrew Traub has developed a team building corporate team building, uh, activities there at his culinary studio that are fantastic. And what you do is you stand around a uh, stainless steel table and season meat and cut up vegetables and you cook together under his direction and you eat what you cook. And it's a lot of fun and uh, you will surprise and delight your corporate team. If you check that out and uh, go book something there at ANS culinary concepts, six, seven, eight, 336-9196 is the phone number or go to asculinaryconcepts.com. And just a quick reminder and thank you from us. Uh, we're coming up on show number 500 for North Fulton Business Radio. We are wouldn't have made it this far without the great support of you, our listeners, and uh, all the great the business community that we have in the North Fulton region and beyond. Um, so we are grateful to you for that. We're, we've got a special show planned for show number 500. So uh, be on the lookout for that. It's coming up here soon. Um, but do us a favor and continue to do what you've done for over these uh, six plus years. Share the show. If you have found something in this show or any of our shows that uh, you think others could benefit from, we would love it if you would share the show. Well, that's what we're here to do is celebrate great business leaders uh, like Dr. Samantha Shams and the others uh, that we've had on the show over these past six plus years. So if you could help us celebrate them, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, Dr. Samantha Shams of the Piedmont Cancer Institute, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.